You're listening to Go Chuck Yourself. In this episode, Aaron and I will recap and analyze the fourth episode of Chuck, entitled Chuck vs. the Wookiee. Remember to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at gochuckpodcast. Like and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Gillespie. My name is Aaron Arada. And here we are, episode four of Go Chuck Yourself, the only podcast that is totally dedicated to reviewing and analyzing the hit TV show Chuck ten years after it was on the air. Yeah, that's this true. Vital information. Uh, today is a bit different. We, uh, no one knows this and no one cares about this. However, <laughs> we have been recording on Thursday evenings <laughs> at Aaron's apartment. However, today is Sunday morning, and we're at my apartment. Something about Chris being in his own home makes him make a lot of hand gestures, which I know you can't see, but if you hear me pausing, it's just because I'm trying to figure out what he is doing. I'm doing a lot of big, doing like sweeping a hand gestures. Like I'm raising my arms above my head. I'm like band. waving. I think it's because I'm in a tall chair and I just kind of feel like I'm in the air. Yeah. Like I'm on a roller coaster or something. Well, this this episode was an emotional roller coaster. It was an emotional roller coaster. We're going to be talking about episode four, Chuck versus the Wookiee. No, this isn't a Star Wars movie. It's a shame. Yeah. Han Solo could have made a cameo. Could have. Um, but uh, Morgan does reference, he says, I'm the, no, Bryce Larkin is the Boba Fett to Chuck's Han Solo. Oh yeah, he does. So, so yeah. we know that Star Wars exists in the Chucky universe, good, so yeah. that's good. I think it comes up again a few um, times. Yeah, it is Sunday morning, and we are wearing our Sunday best. We are. Erin is wearing her Sunday best. She's very, very nice. wearing a, a very uh, nice dress. It's Jessica Day kind of dress with animals on it. What was the first part I was talking over you? What? The, you said it was a blank, blank dress, but Ms. I was talking. Miss Frizzle? Oh, Miss Frizzle, yes. Jessica, Jessica Day. It's a very fun animal print. Yeah. Lots of colors. Chris is slacking a little bit. He would not be allowed into church. I'm in my Sunday okay. Yeah. It's not my best. It's just okay. I am in my pajamas um, because I'm in my apartment. And, you know, I didn't force Erin to change out of her pajamas. (laughs) Thank you for not forcing me. (laughs) I appreciate that. I'm the only person allowed to be in pajamas in my apartment. Yeah. That's reasonable. um, Yes. And, uh, but you... You stayed the night here with me and my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. We had dinner last night, and you were here, and then you woke up and immediately got out of your pajamas. Yeah. That's fine. We ate a bagel first, I think. We did. Yeah. All, like Riveting I said... information. Vital information for understanding the show Chuck. And uh, last, last recording that we did, I don't think this was captured on the... Uh, on the digital audio recorder. However, you pointed out that so far the structure of this show is very similar to a uh, Catholic mass. Yeah, And the way that we break it up. So I was thinking that it would be nice because it is Sunday, it is the Lord's Day. Um, If you could lead us in just a brief prayer. A brief prayer. In the Church of Chuck. In the Church of Chuck. Yes, so I'll give you a moment to Uh, gather yourself and get up to the the pulpit. Okay. Um, I will sit here in my pew very respectfully and in my pajamas. So, whenever you're ready. Our Bymore, who art in Burbank, hallow be thy name to Large Mart and Wienerlicious. Hail, General Beckman, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Chuck, I guess. Great. Yeah. Oof, that, was, pray. that was an emotional prayer right yeah, there. Yeah, it was really good. I teared up a little bit. Covered a lot. Yeah. So now Aaron is getting down from the pulpit. Yeah, here I and, go. And um, we're going to be passing around the collection bucket. And yeah. by that, I mean I'm just going to force Aaron to give me money. Yeah, okay. Or at least a couple bucks. Whatever you can do to chip in. Yeah. Whatever um, you can. Whatever you can. It would be nice. But we're going to give you looks if you, if you 
you're gonna give me a look if I don't. Right. That's what happens. Yeah, we're all wearing our big church hats, yeah. and we're all gonna be waiting like, oh, she's only chipping, she's yeah. only chipping in five bucks. I think she's got more than that. <laughs> um, but speaking of chipping in, um, obviously, you know, they say there's no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> there's also no such thing as oh, a, no. a free podcast. Um, so I've been thinking, you know, just in terms of trying to uh, turn this into a revenue stream. Um, because, you know, this is, it's expensive doing this show, and I'm not just doing it for the love of Chuck. Um, I was thinking we could try to get some advertisers to, uh, <laughs> help support us. But why would someone advertise with us if they don't know what it's going to sound like? Um, you gotta give them a test. So, right, I'm going to be, I want to do a pro bono advertisement for a product <laughs> that I feel passionate about, um, which is something that, um, I guess it was, I guess, yeah, it was fate. I suppose yeah, Sunday was. morning there was yep. a lot of themes yep. of, but um, more you and I and Catherine were walking home from dinner last night. This uh, caught my eye on the ground on the sidewalk, and I picked it up, and boy was I pleasantly surprised. I am of course referring to this tiny little mail insert, a little postcard uh, that you can send in to get cocoa, which is a. Um, a chimpanzee baby doll yeah. named Coco. I think it's, it, but it's not quite a chimpanzee, but it's also not quite a human. Yeah. And it's not a ceramic doll and it's not a plush doll, no, but it's, it's very lifelike looking. Things. Yeah. I can't um, believe you've looked at it for so long. It's staring right into your soul. It's very scary. <laughs> uh, it's made by the Ashton Drake Galleries uh, by master doll artist Linda Murray. Thanks, Linda. Interestingly enough. So, Coco. Very nice doll, and they do have some copy on this card, so I just wanted to read that. Um, once again, this is a uh, a monkey baby, human monkey baby, wearing a diaper, uh, and comes with a pacifier. So, um, <clears throat> an amazing work of lifelike art to cuddle and love. With all the tender innocence and sweetness of a real newborn monkey, Coco is a 16-inch, so truly real, that's trademarked, masterpiece of realism you can cradle in your arms thanks to the award-winning artistry of linda murray coco's little head arms and legs are crafted of real touch also trademarked vinyl to recreate every lifelike detail from her cute serene expression to her wrinkled little toes she also has a weighted cloth body that's perfect for posing and cuddling little wisps of hair applied by hand add to the incredible realism as do those trusting eyes that look so lovingly into yours. You won't be able to resist picking her up and offering her the pacifier. Yours included free. She arrives in a pink tee and terry cloth diaper adorned with tiny pink diaper pins. Simply adorable. A remarkable value for a limited time. Coco can be yours for just $119.99. Uh, for information on sales tax you may owe to your state, go to ashtondrake.com slash use hyphen tax uh payable oh this is great this is the special deal right oh, here good, okay. um the it's 119.99 but it's payable in four installments of 29.99 wow, your satisfaction deal. is guaranteed for one full year so order now at www.ashtondrake.com slash coco so that's what it would sound like that's what it your sound ad like. was here once again, this is a freaky, lifelike monkey baby that you can order online and you can treat like a real baby. Yeah. Does it, did it mean you can only keep it for a year? Why is your satisfaction only guaranteed for one year? Well, it's like a warranty for a year. Oh, okay. All right. Um, you have to send it back after a year. I can't, I guess I'll take a picture of this so people maybe can, can see it. it. Yeah. Um, but this is truly disturbing. <laughs> Uh, I'm also seeing that there's a uh, copyright at the bottom of this copy, so I think I may have just uh, oh, no. entered in some rocky legal waters, but that's what an ad would sound like. Uh, so go out there and everyone go to go to www.ashtondrake.com slash coco and use the password Chuck and see what happens. <laughs> Please let us know. <laughs> um, speaking of human monkey hybrid babies, today's episode is called Chuck versus the Wookiee. Wookiees are kind of like human monkey babies. Yeah, yeah. Or they're like, like human bear, dog, bear yeah. people. Yeah. So. The beast. Hmm? The beast. Did you see Solo? They call him the beast. No, I did not see Solo. Right, he's called the beast. He's called the beast. Yeah. Chewbacca is called the yeah. beast. Or is Han Solo called the beast? 
I think Chewbacca, but I mean, I could call him. So they both call Beast, and they kind of like bond over that. And yeah, that's how they meet. That's pretty much. That's about it. Cool. Well, we're gonna be talking about Chuck and his very own personal Wookie right after this quick break. I'm gonna log on to AshtonDrake.com and order <laughs> myself a cocoa. Me too. See you in a few. again with more Go Chuck Yourself. Episode 4, we're talking about Chuck versus the Wookiee. It's the fourth episode of the first season, and we actually, we just viewed it together. I didn't mention that in the first act, but typically we have been watching it separately and then converging in a meeting of the minds to discuss it. It's pretty weird. But this time, we sat next to each other and watched it. Felt a little intimidated. A little intimidated? Yeah. I was, I was uh, taking notes on my laptop, typing a lot. Chris just had his little, he would just kind of go, hmm, to himself. As it turns out, I do a lot less work while I watch Chuck <laughs> than Aaron does, which as I was sitting there, I was like, wow, Aaron's really, uh, Aaron does a, a majority of the work for this, which I knew beforehand, but also, uh, yeah, I have a much more relaxed viewing of Chuck than yeah. Aaron does. As we established in the first episode, Chris contributes the audio equipment and the passion, and I contribute everything else. Anyhow, so why don't you share some of what you so studiously wrote down <laughs> during our viewing of Chuck. Alright, so this episode, as Chris mentioned, is Chuck versus the Wookiee. The episode starts with uh, Chuck, Sarah, Morgan, uh, Ellie, and Awesome playing something that's kind of like the newlywed game, I guess. Yeah, they have um, paddles and Yeah, there's like whiteboards. paddles and there's like questions like, what's your favorite pet or something? And then like your partner is supposed to guess something about you, like people are... the the object of it is to uh, set up in the plot that like people, uh, some some members of the couples know things about each other and others don't. Um, we get uh, a theme in this episode of Morgan being annoying right off the top because um, Sarah correctly answers Chuck's favorite pet and then Morgan points out that that pet had actually a different name and was actually a different breed of dog than Sarah said. and. He's uh, kind of being in competition with Chuck about uh, whether he or Sarah, or he's being in competition with Sarah about which one of them knows Chuck better, which I think is a theme that comes up again in, in the series. Um, I, one of the things I noticed about the scene was how it's edited. I really liked that. It's kind of like cutting between people, like laughing in their faces, and you really get like the vibe that this is like a long night at a fun party and everybody's having a good time. Mm-hmm. But things get a little awkward when Chuck gets the category most hated person, which is pretty negative for this game, actually. But the answer is Bryce, and everyone knows that it's Bryce, but Chuck realizes that like that was Sarah's partner and she might feel awkward about it. But that made me question why he even wrote it down in the first place. Cause True, he could have She suggests known that Harry that Tang. Gonna... He could have just written Harry right. Tang and then... I guess like he couldn't control his like friends and family being like, what do you mean? Why isn't it Bryce? But... I don't know why Chuck even wrote it down. It's weird. That was an interesting moment because the most of the like the relationship and the trust factor is tr- uh, Chuck not knowing the truth about Sarah mm-hmm. and that tension. But in this situation, I thought it was kind of a moment of Sarah not knowing Chuck, mm-hmm. and I think that ca- catches her off guard because she thinks she knows, like she's read his file or yeah. whatever, and spies on him and knows all about it. But then she legitimately says like, "Oh, you probably hate." Harry yeah. Tang, and he's like, no, yeah. I actually hate Bryce Larkin. Well, then that makes me wonder why she didn't, why it didn't occur to her, because she knows about, like, Bryce getting Chuck expelled. Mm-hmm. So, come on, Sarah. Be smarter. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it went from a fun family game night into a uh, pretty uncomfortable one. Yeah, it gets a little weird, but there's kind of a cute scene after where, like, Chuck and Sarah are talking and saying, like, oh, we don't know that much about each other, and they have, like, kind of a relationship about their cover, and then Chuck asks um, if Sarah and Bryce dated, and she says no, which is a mm-hmm. big, big theme in this episode. Um, I have the note here, why is Morgan so weird, which I think I wrote a thousand times, and I said aloud to Chris once, but I think this specific thing, when it is he, like, walks up and he's like, oh, I thought you meant you were walking me to my car but like he doesn't have a car and then he points that out um i know there's like a learning curve here to when your uh friend who has been single for a really long time like suddenly has a significant other but 
like, I think Morgan's being really weird in, like, this whole episode, but specifically this scene. Do you think, do you think he's being, like, redeemingly weird or, like, just straight up weird? Well, I think they just use Morgan a lot of times as a, um, a comedic character and yeah. using him as a, where his actions are not necessarily realistic or lifelike, but mm-hmm. they are exaggerated for comedy. Yeah. So they are, like, playing off of the gag that Morgan and Chuck are in their, a long-term relationship, their friendship together, and that Morgan is feeling jealous by the attention yeah, that threatened. Sarah is now yeah. showing Chuck. So yeah, I think it's, there's truth to it, but I think, yeah, the joke is kind of weird because it's like, really? Yeah. I don't know. Um, the whole time during the game night and then also when Sarah goes home, uh, we see like someone or something is watching her. Um, we get a lot of shots of her from behind that are a little like shaky cam and there's this weird like alien sound effect. Um, so I was <laughs> like, what's about to happen? Um, Sarah's getting ready to take a shower and she sees another ninja. Another ninja. Another ninja um, in the reflection of the faucet. Um, one of the things that she does to fight this ninja is, is she puts a bar of soap in her like pantyhose and then like swings it at the uh, at the ninja. Which mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it, I guess it could be like some really heavy like soap from like Lush or something, but I don't, I don't know that that would do a lot. Um, it's better than nothing. Yeah, that's true. She's but, I mean, she's like she's skilled in hand to hand combat. She could have just punched the ninja. Which she does try to That's in true. a patented awesome Chuck fight scene. Yeah, this is another really good, like, they use random things in Sarah's hotel room to, like, fight each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I love those, uh, love those scenes, so this was good. Um, I do hope that Chuck doesn't, I do hope that Sarah doesn't have to go to the large mart tomorrow to buy a new lock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to take her a while, because yeah. there's no one working at that no one, large mart. No one mark. works there. Um, the ninja is a woman Sarah knows, who is named Karina. Um, they have... One of, um, it's, it's a little awkward dialogue, which I kind of liked, um, just because it was so awkward, but she's like, what are you doing here? Um, and then, uh, Sarah is like, the same thing as a DEA, DEA agent, as you such as yourself, which is great, <laughs> great introduction. Um, Karina, during their fight, breaks Sarah's goldfish bowl, which I did not see what happened there. I don't know if you saw what happens there, but no. did she just kill that fish? Ooh, I didn't <laughs> that, notice that. Maybe that's why Sarah doesn't like her. That was mean. Um, there, Yeah, there was like a big scene where Sarah is like looking at her fish so lovingly, and then the fish is no more, probably. <laughs> um, Chuck meets Beckman and the other guy, whose name I do not know, uh, <laughs> for the first time via like a Skype call. Um, they give the team their mission, which is to help Karina steal this super big, super important diamond from this rich man in Malibu, the aforementioned Wookiee, which we will get to him. Um, but Sarah and Casey agree that they, and also Chuck, can't trust Karina. Um, we get a reference to something that happened in Prague with, uh, Casey and Karina that apparently ended up with Casey not having his pants, so we have a sense of some history there. Right, Karina is, um, whereas Sarah and Casey are more measured and very calculating, Karina is more of a wild card, yeah. you know, a hothead, and yeah. just kind of does things impulsively. Yeah, and she's is, kind of like a femme fatale. Yeah, she doesn't shy away from the violent options or the yeah. dangerous options and doesn't really think too much before acting, so in that way she's a it Seems um, like she would be a bad a government to, employee, or yeah, maybe uh, yeah. a normal government employee. Um... Yeah, am I right? Yeah. And, uh, anyhow, yes, she's a, a foil to yeah. the, the Casey and Sarah yeah. way of doing things. Um, Morgan shows up this for some reason at Chuck's apartment when, like, Karina is there uh, talking to Sarah. I don't know why they're all there. They're all just there. Um, and he's immediately like, this girl is beautiful. He's smitten. He kisses her on the hand. She gets his name wrong. It's very, like, it's very fun, mm-hmm. but also weird. Um... Karina and Sarah talk about uh, Sarah's cover and how she is pretending to date Chuck. Karina is like, speaking of boyfriends, and then brings up how Bryce is dead. Um, Sarah's supposed to be like a professional spy here who like, had like, no one knows anything real about her life, but like, everyone knows that she dated Bryce. (laughs) Uh, So, that's great. Um, But the most important thing we find out about Sarah in this episode is that she has a boss, 
What? This whole time, she's had a boss. And not, okay, and not Beckman. She has no. a boss at the in Wiener her Licious. cover job at yeah. Wienerlicious. He's like a little redhead man with glasses. He has a bow tie. And this is a big deal. Both I audibly said, what? Yeah. At the screen. And this is because we noticed in our previous viewings that Sarah appears to be the only person yeah. working at Wienerlicious, which is a hot dog restaurant yeah. that, she ser- that serves as her cover-up. And we had talked about before how this appears, if you don't know anything about Sarah being a spy, this is her life. So she moved across the country to work independently at this Wienerlicious that she seems to be the sole proprietor of. Mm-hmm. However, there's now another we're, proprietor. there's another person there who's in charge of her. Yeah. So I realized that perhaps Sarah is going even further into cover <laughs> and she realized that it didn't make a ton of sense. Like, she would stand out as the only person working at the Wienerlicious. So Sarah hired this man to be her boss. But he doesn't know that she hired him. Because he's like... No, he he knows, okay. I think. But he's, like, threatening to fire her because she's, like, right. taking breaks too long. He's be- taking his role too seriously. Because, well, no, I think Sarah probably had a... Uh, you know, was having job interviews for this position. Was saying, hey, here's the position... I currently work at a hot dog place by myself. I'm looking for my boss, <laughs> and I really need you to commit to being a, as much of a boss as possible. I'm the boss right now, but once I hire you, that'll be my last act, and then you will be in charge, and I need you to be as much of a hard-ass wow. on me as you possibly can. This is a great conspiracy theory about Chuck. came out of nowhere. He did. It Sarah was amazing. Boss. It was blew so, my mind. Yeah. No. This was the, the biggest twist in the entire series so far. And she's so committed to this plan <laughs> that she actively dislikes her boss. Yeah, she's, she chose she's afraid this person. of getting fired. She is, and she threatens her boss at one oh, point. Oh, she does, yeah. Because he's being annoying yeah, and too overbearing. Yeah, she says something about, like, most, uh, most injuries occur in the kitchen are accidents, and then just kind of leaves it at that. So that's actually, so maybe he is aware, like, she's implying, like, hey, I know I hired you to be my boss, <laughs> but I'm still your boss, and don't you forget it. Like, I will kick your ass. If you overstep your boundaries. Yeah. I, I don't know. You've convinced me, I guess. Interesting. Um, everyone at the Bymore thinks Karina is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Literally everyone. Um, Morgan asks Chuck if he can set them up on a date. Um, we have a good bit of dramatic irony where Chuck is saying no because he knows that Karina is a spy, but Morgan doesn't know this, so he thinks that Chuck just thinks he's not good enough, mm. um, which I feel a little bit bad. If he was being less annoying, I would feel bad about him because Morgan is clearly a very insecure little man. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a fun line where he says something like, I don't want to be a third wheel anymore, I want to be a fourth wheel, which is great. Um, we have a fun exchange between Sarah and Chuck where Chuck asks about setting Morgan up and is like, please say no, and say it super emphatically so like everyone can see, and then Sarah is like, yes, I'll do that. I don't really know what Sarah's game is here. I think she's trying to keep an eye on Karina. Um, or, I don't know, like, just not have her be, like, out in the wild. But um, they do have a double date with Morgan. And there's, like, some kind of, like, Sarah and Karina making digs at each other and, like, being in competition and, like, both being all over their respective dates um, and, like, making little subtle references to, like, things that they don't want the other people to know and like they're kind of being mean to each other it's kind mm-hmm. of weird um and chuck is uncomfortable this whole time yes. because he knows that karina is only basically using morgan as yeah. a way of keeping tabs also on sarah yeah, yeah it's not super clear why yeah. karina agreed to do this yeah but i think she just likes messing with men probably yeah and is just like oh i can mess with morgan yeah she has a line where she says, uh, in reference to Burbank, where this is all going down, this place is like if a yawn could yawn. So, I'm going to cross that one off of my list of places to live. A yawn squared. Yawn squared. And then they, I mean, in her defense, Chuck's uh, double date idea was that they ordered, or did they order pizza? Or did they I just keep eating freezer, uh, freezer, like, frozen pizza? I think, I think it was... Frozen pizza. I think so. I think yeah. it was too. And then he rented March of the Penguins rented that March they watched. Rented March of the Penguins. In silence. Yep. He is very yeah, serious keeps, about Morgan having... keeps trying to talk to Karina and Chuck keeps going, shh. So. Which I guess was Chuck's way of making sure that Karina and Morgan don't talk. Yeah, but I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. Um, after the date, Morgan calls Chuck in the middle of the night and asks if Karina has called about him yet. And there's kind of like a fun sequence where... 
uh, checks the phone, rings once, and it's Morgan, and then twice, and then it's Morgan, and then the third time, he's like, Morgan, she hasn't called yet, but then it ends up being a buy more customer, um, presumably. I didn't say this aloud because I thought it would be explained the moment after, but Morgan is calling Chuck from outside Chuck's apartment. I didn't even notice that. He was walking around the fountain in their courtyard, and Chuck is asleep in his bed. (laughs) It's late at night, presumably hours after their double date in Chuck's apartment, and Morgan is still hanging out outside, calling Chuck. It's beautiful. Uh... Pretty weird. Why would Pretty they? Weird guy. I guess the budget was so strapped that they were like, we can't show Morgan's own apartment. We they can't never show. show. We don't know. We don't know where Morgan lives. I don't think. I don't think we ever see. It. I think he lives with his mom. I think we find that out later. Uh, but I don't think we ever see it. They, yeah, they couldn't even just had a bed or like yeah, no. they could have just used the street. He could have just been walking home. And called yeah, Chuck. he was hanging out there. He was hanging out yeah, outside Chuck's apartment, obsessing about Karina. Um. So, Chuck is like the on-call nerd herd guy. He has to go fix a computer Which in the middle sucks. of the night. Yeah, is that a thing? For $11 an hour, he has to be actively on-call. Yeah, that's not, that's not, a, that can't be a no thing. No one would, they that's would, there's ridiculous. no computer emergencies that are that bad. No. Um, but apparently there really aren't uh, computer emergencies <laughs> that are that bad because the person who called him is Karina. Um, she's on to him because when Morgan asked where Karina traveled last, Chuck is like, she was in Argentina, which like Karina hadn't told him and it was something that he had flashed on. So she's kind of like, trying to get information out of like him about who he is and like what kind of data he's analyzing and like his clearance and all this stuff. Um, she says something about how she's gonna undress more cause she's kind of like trying to seduce him. Um, and he says he wants to call Sarah. And then Karina is like, oh, like I'll have to stop undressing if Sarah were here unless you're into that sort of thing. And nothing, no information we have about Chuck or the show or any of the characters in it leads me to believe that any of them would not be into that kind of thing. (laughs) So, I don't know. Um, She also reveals that Sarah and Bryce were dating, which makes Chuck, like, sad and upset and really weird around Sarah the next day. Mm -hmm. And they actually, because they cut from Karina saying that sarah and bryce dated and chuck kind of has a a non-flash flash where he mm-hmm. makes the face that he's flashing but it's really just his legitimate <laughs> personal realization and then it goes to a commercial break and then it comes back and he's talking to sarah at the wiener yes yeah. they never explain how chuck left the, karina's apartment that night because i'm assuming just at a certain did, point she was seducing him and he's like okay like this is not we know this is not going to happen yeah. you just told me some bombshell information yeah. for me it's been a long day. Yeah. I'm just going to go just home. Go. You don't have any computers yeah, that need fixing. And she was probably like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll see you around. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, Yeah, I, that should have been you know, a comedic scene. We'll nice seeing know. you. Yeah. And you're like, well, not really nice because you <laughs> called me in the middle of the night yeah. pretending that it was that a computer was, emergency. That was not nice of you. Anyhow, so they're back at the Wienerlicious. Yeah. And Sarah's boss is there. Yeah, he's he's like, your break is over. And she's like threatening him. And then she threatens him. Yeah. Um, but she ultimately reveals that she and Bryce were kind of a couple, um, and this really upsets Chuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Just because of his all insecurity with Bryce kind of ruining yeah, his life and taking all his stuff. And... I, yeah, I think, like, he's he feels threatened by it and everything, and he's also, like, he doesn't like that he doesn't know really anything about Sarah. Right, it's um, very cause... uneven. Yeah, because I think he probably feels like she knows a lot about him, um, and he's being very open and honest, and, like, she's not, so I think that's Chuck's issue this whole episode. Um, But he does kind of swallow his pride or anger or whatever, and they go on their mission to this uh, beautiful, like, glass and chrome kind of house in Malibu where this rich and kind of hairy guy named Payman lives. Um, He is the Wookiee. You say kind of hairy? He's not that hairy. He's very hairy. Yeah, but he's not like Wookiee level hairy. That's just like, he, uh, he looks fine. He's, he's wearing a Speedo. I think that's weird. Yeah. And but he's, he's like, like, his chest is covered in hair. His arms are hairy. His legs are hairy. That's fine. People are hairy. You gotta, you gotta learn to live. This is the 21st century. People have hair. Um, he likes to throw pool parties and talk to beautiful women. And he also has this uh, beautiful art gallery full of like, girl with a pearl earring and this this diamond is in there as well um chuck identifies the types of cameras around the party and then reveals that there's a spy shop in the buy more plaza 
Was because all right. So in this moment, they're walking around trying to get a feel for the security yeah. of the place, and Chuck points out, and Sarah's pointing out things, and Karina's pointing out things, and then Chuck says that he noticed six infrared explosive yeah. resistant cameras yeah. around the perimeter, and then he says, and then Sarah says, "Oh, did you flash on that?" And he says, "No, I recognize them from the spy shop in the Bymore Plaza." Yeah, spy shop. So I didn't. I'm assuming that we. I perceived it that there's a legitimate store called Spy Shop in the plaza with Buy More, Large yes. Mart, yeah. Underpants, etc. and Wienerlicious. Yeah. But then I'm just now thinking that maybe Chuck was making a sarcastic joke because why would a no, store... I, I don't know. I think I think there's a legitimate Spy Shop there. That sells bomb-resistant Hell yeah. infrared cameras Hell that yeah. Chuck went and perused on his break one time. What, what about Chuck leads you to believe that he would not do that on his lunch time? No, I mean, I, that's not the part that I, you know, I think is I unbelievable because I would shop. go to a spy they shop. They have spy shops here. But why, if there was a spy shop and Sarah and Casey are legitimate spies, <laughs> how come there's no point where they talk about, hey, do you want to go to a spy shop and pick up some of the spy stuff that we use? All right, I guess. Or why wouldn't Chuck say, oh my God, I'm realizing that I'm becoming a spy. You guys are spies. This is, you know, we can go to spy shop. I could work. That could be their cover, is working at the spy Why shop. Why doesn't he work at the spy shop if that's a <laughs> legitimate place in his plaza? I guess a lot of questions this episode. I wouldn't have been so upset if they said, oh, I recognize those from Buy More. Because that would have been, like, yeah. a little bit of a stretch, but, like, yeah. okay. Yeah. But the fact that he said there's spy, spy shop, shop, I think he was kidding. I think he did flash, right. but the audience is not seeing the flash because... Okay. Maybe we don't we don't know what Chuck does in his downtime. Yeah. He could flash all the time, and we don't know. <laughs> we only see the, the relevant flashes. I like this this whole sequence because we get to see a lot of like spy kind of gadgets, and it's very like James Bond uh, spy movie kind of things. Like they're breaking into this gallery. They have like one of those like fake key card kind of things where they like punch in the numbers, mm-hmm. and like everything's really like beautiful and white and glass. And I think it's like very uh, I don't know. It's like classic spy movie kind of stuff. Um, and then the hairy man Payman shows up um, and sees them like looking at his diamond and like creeping on it. So Sarah and Karina pretend to be kind of like valley girls um, and are like asking him questions, which are clearly just trying to get information where they're like, what if someone tries to steal it? And then he like tells them all the security information. Um, so they're pretty good at that. Um, Payman and Sarah go out into the hallway and just like leave. Karina and Chuck with this like priceless diamond which I guess he explained that it's really well protected but it seems like somebody should be watching them um, because immediately Chuck flashes on it and sees that if you touch it you get like electrocuted because it has like some kind of electric current going through it so you need like a puff of air to knock it off the pedestal which it seems like it should be more secure than that Mm -hmm. Um, but they use a fire extinguisher and then Karina immediately steals it and runs out of the room I also thought like it's weird that, I, I'm sure this is a safety thing, but it's weird that, like, in this beautiful, like, perfectly curated, like, art gallery-like display room, there's just, like, a fire extinguisher, like, just on the ground. Yeah, I think it's, like, have, a like, building code, probably. Yeah, but thing. it doesn't have, like, a little home. I feel like it should have, like, I don't know, make it part of the art. But if you hide it, then I think that's probably going against the fire extinguisher safety that's protocol. True. It's probably true. Um, I have a note here that says, Chuck is a nightmare. Chuck is a nightmare. Chuck is a nightmare. Do you I was, mean the I, character Chuck? Or do you yeah, mean, I mean no, I think the I mean show? The do you mean this? <laughs> all of them. Because the scene that follows is they all kind of like uh, Karina, Chuck, Sarah, and Casey like run out of this place and they're getting pursued by bodyguards. And there's kind of like a standoff scene where Chuck has the diamond and Karina's like, give it to me. And Sarah's like, no, you should hang on to it. Remember what I said about not trusting her. And then Chuck is like, oh, well, which lie are you referring to? And then he gives it to Karina. I don't even know why he would do that. Like, he could just keep it. It is stupid. Do you think, what did you think of this? He was being emotional and acting out because he's still upset about the Bryce and But Sarah why thing. would he trust Karina? He's being dumb. I don't know. Korea, <laughs> Korea. Uh, <laughs> Karina Korea. is also a government agent. Yeah. That even though her methods are unorthodox, she seems to be... I guess what you see is what you get. I guess. You, um, as they're escaping from the mansion, they have a, uh, conflict because once they're found out, all the bodyguards start going after them, and Sarah throws a ceramic plate. Oh, right, yeah. Like a frisbee. Yes. And it hits a guy in the face and knocks him out. Yeah. 
and it it's looks... shot in a way that it looks like it's a 3D movie. Yeah, and this happens twice. This happens later in the episode. Because Chuck tries doing it, and it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, I don't know why it looks like 3D. I don't know. It reminded me, though, that there is, coming down the line, there's a 3D episode of Chuck. What? Later in the series. I didn't know about this. You didn't know? There no. Was an air, there was an episode that they broadcasted in 3D. And there, you got 3D glasses somehow. I don't remember how. This is amazing. But. I cannot wait to get to that. I totally forgot about it until right oh now. Oh my god. Do they do the plate thing in it? I don't know what they I, do. I hope so. It might have just been certain scenes were in 3D. Okay. I don't know how they did that. But that's down the line somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Karina has a, a standing jet ski that she jet skis off on. Um, leaving, leaving the rest of them to die, but they managed to escape. And, um, they're in, uh, like, the SUV that Casey's driving, and Sarah is in the back changing into her Wienerlicious outfit. And there's an exchange I really like where, uh, Chuck was kind of, like, looking in the rear view, and then Casey just, like, rips the rear view mirror out. So, he doesn't have that anymore. It's fun. And Sarah says, because they're pointing out, like, why are you being so concerned yeah. about getting into your work uniform? Yeah. And she says, if I call out sick again, I'm going to be canned. So the man she hired to be her boss is taking it really seriously. Very seriously. Yeah. And I also thought that was really funny because they're going from a getting shot at, which is very stressful, yeah. to now she's being stressed, showing the equal amount of stress for yeah. getting to work to Wienerlicious on time so she can keep her job. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I related to that. Um, Morgan shows up at Karina's hotel with flowers because I guess Chuck never answered his question about whether or not she called um and he has a line which i really liked where he says do you want to talk about it over coffee one for each of us and it's a very morgan thing but i also thought it was really funny the so, hotel being the m hotel the m not hotel. to be confused with the flip it upside down yeah, the w, w hotel yeah. this was the m hotel yeah and the logo looks like a new york subway sign it does it i don't know if that does. was intentional or not but um yeah maybe there's um in the Mission Impossible movie I saw, there was an M Hotel in Russia. Really? And yeah. So, so it's a pretty, pretty basic idea. Yeah, or yeah. Mission Impossible, once again, this is another thing that they oh, stole no, from Chuck. Oh, no, yeah, they did! Because they stole oh the God. helicopter yeah. thing, and now they're stealing the hotel. Stealing the M Hotel. God damn it, Mission Impossible. Stealing letters. Oh, wow. Uh, Karina blows off Morgan, but uh, puts the diamond into his little messenger bag. Blows off in this situation, meaning that she deflects his approach. Yeah. And also kisses him. Yeah, but then, like, breaks up with him. But then breaks up with him and pushes yeah. him into an elevator. And Yeah. Uh, Casey, meanwhile, shows up and demands that Karina give him the diamond, which she no longer has. Uh, we see her start to seduce him. We don't really see, like, what happens in between. <laughs> but later, Sarah finds him handcuffed uh, to the bed and gagged, and he's in his underwear. And she's like, oh, it's just like Prague. <laughs> Good times. And she takes a picture. Yeah, she does. Um... Chuck and Morgan hang out later, um, which I have a question for you about this. Um, Morgan has just been, like, dumped, um, and he knows that Chuck is also sad because Chuck says that he had a fight with Sarah, but Morgan is not listening to anything Chuck says and is demanding that Chuck bring him grape soda and pizza, and he just wants to be, like, waited on hand and foot because he had this, like, trying experience. I think he's being a really bad friend. Yeah, they yeah. could have had... A bonding moment yeah. where they are on equal footing and yeah. they say like oh we both went through nope. tough things with relationships I don't know but... why Chuck is friends with him to be honest oh yeah I'll, oh, that's I'll say it yeah I mean at this point they haven't really shown any redeeming qualities yeah. to Morgan I guess like they've been friends for a really long time but like Morgan's very loyal to Chuck yeah but he's also very needy yeah I think that's a recurring thing because he doesn't have anyone else in his life yeah. that we know of that we know of we don't know where he lives we don't know anything about his personal yeah, life. It's just all Chuck. It's just all Chuck. It seems unhealthy. He, he Yeah, it's yeah. very unhealthy because he needs Chuck to do everything for him. Yeah, he does. Including make pizza and bring him grape soda. Grape soda. I thought it was, like, why not beer? Why like, well, not because, like, beer? <laughs> why not beer? <laughs> why not beer? I think the implication is that Morgan is, like, a man boy. And he doesn't, like, drink and do, like, normal, like, manly activities. Okay. He's, like, a teenager. Yeah. Because he's, like, going... He's saying he's going to go on a bender. And that's, like, the joke is that, like... It's grape soda. Yeah. Um, we see Sarah have the most 2000s pants I have ever seen in my entire life. That are, like, very, very dark wash jeans. And they have, like, silver stitching on the pockets. And then they have, like, a little bit of glitter. And I swear to God I had these same pants for my Barbie. So oh. that's that's what Sarah has, but sticking out of the back pocket as 
uh, as you mentioned, is um, an iPhone. So Sarah went from having the flip phone. Yeah, she to she an changed iPhone. really fast. Like because Chuck fixed that in the first episode. We're four episodes in, and she she replaced her flip phone. I mean, Wienerlicious could be paying out the big bucks. <laughs> I think so. More than eleven dollars an hour. Um, but we have another uh, ninja. Another ninja another in ninja. Chuck's apartment. Chuck's apartment. This is what happens, Chuck. He didn't get a lock. He didn't tell anyone. He didn't get a lock. He didn't tell anyone. And look, you got another ninja another in ninja. your apartment. He is very bad. He's so prone to ninjas. Yeah, ninjas are ninjas. the number one threat in Chuck. Um, Chuck is very bad at recognizing people. Like, yes, I, he is. I will admit that like not recognizing Sarah in the first episode is fine, but like Sarah's mask was legit though. Yeah, we can see like Karina has this these is... bright blue eyes. Like who? This she is has ridiculous. her eyes. A decent amount of the skin surrounding yeah. her eyes is showing. Yeah. All of her mouth is showing. Who else it... would it be? Also, like, why would he assume that it's an unrelated robbery? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's also, did you notice in the intro sequence, what's the last thing before the title card? No. It's a ninja. Oh, yeah, it is, it is ninja a ninja. Throws a ninja star. The, yeah. Ninjas are everywhere. Ninjas they are, are everywhere. They are the underbelly of Chuck. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I'm getting, this is, my thesis is forming <laughs> right now. I can see the, the paper coming. Good. I can see it coming down the road. Dr. K would be proud. Um, Chuck and Karina, after she stopped being a ninja. Um, <laughs> can you just stop being a ninja? Stop. For just five minutes. Can you do that for me? <laughs> they have a heart-to-heart about, like, spy life and secret identities and, like, what, uh, like, where Sarah's kind of coming from and, like, not giving facts about her life. And Chuck um, stops being an idiot and realizes that Sarah's just doing her job and, like, being, like, the life that she has, like, committed all of her uh, resources and herself and her, like, given up a normal life for... Um, he can't blame her for not revealing her deep personal information that could potentially get her killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get, I kind of get where he was coming from, that, like, he feels uncomfortable that, like, someone is protecting him and he's spending a lot of time with that he doesn't know a lot about, but I think he was being a child, and I'm glad he's dealing with the situation as a normal adult man now, so, good for you, Chuck. Um... Payman has Sarah at gunpoint um, and is demanding that uh, Chuck and Karina give the diamond back. It's got um, a, a golden handgun because yeah. nothing says I'm a supervillain yeah, with a lot beautiful. of money. It's really good. Handgun. It's huge too. Um, Chuck doesn't know how to do a standoff because he's just like, we're gonna. He's just like, it's trying to immediately give over the diamond. And Karina and Sarah have like more of a plan, uh, more of like a cool spy plan where they. They speak to each other in, like, Russian, maybe, um, which apparently no one there understands, but they exchange their plan and begin to fight, and then Chuck runs away with the diamond. Um, and there's a great scene that I really love where, like, Chuck ends up in, like, a mailroom mm-hmm. uh, of this hotel, and he puts the diamond in, like, a FedEx envelope, and as someone who worked in the mailroom, I think this is very realistic, because it takes forever, and you have to, like, take the plastic off and then stick things, and you got to print something out, so that was really great. Um, a bodyguard comes in and it, Chuck is threatening to throw the diamond like into uh, into like a mail chute, mm-hmm. um, and then like the bodyguard gets taken out by Casey, but Chuck accidentally drops it down there anyway. So because he's so relieved that yeah. Casey just came in and he yeah. drops it. How did he? How did he put? Did he type in the information for where he wanted to send? Yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah, there, it was need... a little confusing, but <laughs> yeah, look, <laughs> I don't know if it happened. <laughs> Look, the uh, no one said that Chuck was 100% accurate <laughs> with its depiction of shipping labels and the way that FedEx works. Yeah. Because he basically makes it seem like you can go to any computer and print out a official well, FedEx a shipping label. Yeah. I guess so. Maybe he could log in and they had something that made an official label. Yeah. We watched a deleted scene where um, Chuck comes out and admits that he like mailed the diamond, but he says that it will be fine. It's on its way to Beckman. Um, and uh, FedEx is very reliable, mm-hmm. which uh, was left on the cutting room floor. I would, I can only assume because the writers, editors, or whoever was in charge of this just uh, had a bad experience with FedEx right before it aired, and we're like, we're getting rid of that. They're not reliable. They came in on Monday, and they're like, guys, I figured out the perfect resolution for the standoff. Chuck's going to mail the diamond via FedEx. <laughs> and then later that week, they came in, and they're like, FedEx lost my package. We're, I can't FedEx believe it. I'm never using FedEx again. Yeah. 
Uh, but Chuck was nice. He did give Sarah the tracking number in yeah, this cutscene. Yeah, that scene. was really nice. I can't believe that a scene where one character hands another character <laughs> a, a, a tracking number for FedEx was deemed not worthy. Um, Riveting television. An episode. Um, there's some music in this episode. Uh, we had Matt and Kim and uh, Desert of Fenuya were up in there. Um, but I noticed, like, unlike some of the other episodes, it didn't really have, like... Uh, real music in the fight scenes it kind of had like the chalk music just like mm -hmm. so that was interesting um but at the end when they're saying goodbye to karina fall into place by apartment place and that's really nice and there's like a shot of the skyline and the sunrise um and i i like when that happens it's a very good like ending to chuck kind mm -hmm. of feeling um but this this is a point where i have a question for you um do you think presumably sarah and casey get paid for being in the CIA. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what Sarah is getting from the Wienerlicious or what Casey is getting from the Bymore, but do you think Chuck gets any money? Like, because they're doing these, like, actual missions. Like, do you think everybody gets paid? I think Chuck's compensation is that he's not dead. That's <laughs> fair. Um, which I, I guess sounds like it's blackmail or yeah, some kind I don't of think this is thing. fair. I think he should be making what they're making if he's involved. Or at least a small percentage of what. Yeah, they rescued a diamond. Yeah, but then again, like he's receiving free personal bodyguards, bodyguard service from yeah. two special agents. Yeah. Protecting him and seemingly his family. Yeah. For free. All right. I feel bad for Casey though. I guess he wants to be close to Chuck, but like, if Sarah has a beautiful apartment and like. Casey just lives in, like, the, across the courtyard from Chuck, so I feel like he should be able to afford more if he's, like, a hitman. Yeah, but Casey's a meat and potatoes kind of guy. I think That's he's true. not really... He I can't really wait to see inside that, his apartment because I remember some good things in there. Ooh. Um, we have a scene at the end where everyone is saying goodbye to Karina and, like, apparently all is forgiven, which I would absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I, I think when you, like, don't have to deal with someone anymore, like, you can be nice to them. Like, they're just happy she's leaving, but everybody's like, haha, what good times we had. And I thought that was, no way. Absolutely not. She was mean. Um, and apparently, all the women in Chuck's life are the most intuitive people on God's green earth, because uh, Karina makes a, a little joke about how she loves taking what Sarah wants. And how Sarah doesn't even know it yet. So she's the second woman, woman in Chuck's life to make a comment about how Sarah clearly loves him. Mm -hmm. Based on some evidence, I guess. So. But that made my, my little heart swell a little bit. I was very yes. excited. Yes, my little heart as well. Uh, and then I felt my little heart swell even more because Chuck noticed at the beginning of the episode that Sarah didn't like olives. So he brought her a vegetarian pizza with no olives, um, and that's like a personal fact that she cannot hide about herself or change about herself. She just mm -hmm. doesn't like olives, and he noticed it. So, I was really happy. I got I got a little emotional. Um, he comes in and he says that he wished he knew one thing about her, um, like one true thing. But then he asks like really big things that like I I don't blame her for not saying. Like he asked her real name, mm -hmm. which is like a no no, and he asked where she grew up. Also, like, I think there could have been a smaller question, like, favorite color or uh, favorite band, anything. Yeah, information that is could not be used her against her. Her first pet's name, like, you, like... Maybe not that one. Yeah, that could be your bank password, exactly. so I guess. Um, he just comes in and he's like, I just need to know one true thing about you. Tell me your mom's maiden name. <laughs> Let me know your... Your high the, school mascot. Your high school mascot. Come on, just tell me <laughs> your father's mother's first name. Tell me your first pet as a child. Yeah. Your street growing <laughs> street up growing on. Up. Those are all the typical questions I can yeah, think of. I think so. I think you're right. Um, I think one of them is like your best friend's name and your ideal career. I did ideal career one time. Really? But I, I always go for the objective ones that are not going to change. Well, that makes that makes sense because. <laughs> I used to always, like, write things, like, I'll be like, I'll remember that I did this, but I would be like, author, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, and then I'd be like, why isn't this working? I don't know. So. Because I'll have, like, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just like having the ones that are fixed that, that I know that I can That makes sense. I, I mean, you forget. will always have grown up on X Street. I'm not gonna, exactly. I'm not going to out you. There was one time that was, like, a favorite magazine, and I was mm -hmm. like, that doesn't seem ideal. No. I don't know. 
Um, she, he goes like five feet away and apparently cannot hear her anymore. And she admits that her middle name is Lisa. Mm. So that's pretty nice. I kept, I was trying to guess in my head cause I knew. I know what her first name up, is. I remember. I, oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, then I'll ask you off air maybe. Okay. Cause I had Sorry. a name in my head and I could have just been no making, spoilers. making it up. But yeah. No spoilers. Besides the, the upcoming 3D episode. Yeah. Which is that is a spoiler. That and the fact that we get to go into Casey's apartment. Yeah. Oh, he's... Maybe in the same episode. Maybe. The 3D, 3D journey into Casey's apartment. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good. Directed by James Cameron. Oh. Broadcasting in IMAX theaters. Sounds good. But yeah, he finds out that her middle name is Lisa. What, and... Does he hear her? Or does she just say it quietly? Uh, I don't think he hears her. Okay. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, she says right. that her middle name is yeah. Lisa, so we find that out. Yeah. And she's so very emotional yeah. when she's saying it. Yeah. So she does She does kind of like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's struggling with not being able to share her true self with Chuck. Yeah. Because we get kind of Karina saying that Sarah has trouble distinguishing her spy life from, like, her real life mm-hmm. as far as emotions are concerned, which is good for a show, bad for spies. I think uh, I would prefer <laughs> my, my real life spies to not have this going on. So that's my scathing verdict on the spies of America. Spies. You gotta be alone. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I have to say about that. Chuck, spies, you gotta be alone. And then we also, as you mentioned, we did see a deleted scene. Because we we're watching on the DVD, yes. which I have. Yep. And there were two declassified scenes, which I have not been watching, but mm-hmm. I decided to watch it today mm-hmm. with you. And both of them happened to be deleted scenes from this episode. Yeah, that's really interesting. One of which was the aforementioned shipping number scene. Mm-hmm. Very important. Can't yeah. believe it got cut. Yeah. Second one uh, was a follow-up on Morgan on his, um, on his bender. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting that they didn't include it. Yeah. But Morgan gets blackout drunk on grape <laughs> soda and is passed out on Chuck's floor mm-hmm. and is oozing grape soda from his mouth when Ellie and Awesome come in who are thankfully doctors yeah. so they're able to treat Morgan who yeah. is having some kind of diabetic coma <laughs> I don't know I what's suppose. happening to him and he's just out of it and yeah. he doesn't know what's going on yeah. or I'm less just, time to get rid of it I'm proud of him that he was able to like get up from the bed and go get grape soda himself without Chuck there yeah that was pretty impressive for Morgan biggest accomplishment of the whole episode I would say I'd say this is the biggest accomplishment of this episode right here. I clapped! You clapped. We did a recap. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to come back with a few more things on this, the fourth episode of Go Chuck Yourself. finding that the diamond was not just a fancy diamond but the diamond was going to be used to buy military yeah, equipment for whatever. a terrorist organization well, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it's a diamond. whatever that's uh not interesting information to some people apparently but fortunately the next segment on our show is called interesting information with aaron where aaron is going to share some yep that's right interesting information i got some chris tell me did you know about the uh the chuck spinoff materials the uh, extra, extra like vlog and video, short form video, internet things that were available based on the characters of Chuck. No, I did not. So I found out that other than the very uncomfortable T-shirts available at the NBC store, Chuck uh, polo shirts, yes, yeah. yeah. Chuck produced um, some some more media. Yeah. There is a graphic novel, which I guess makes sense. I need to look into that one more because yeah. I was primarily focused on the videos. Okay. Um, there is Chuck versus the webisodes, yeah. which seems to be, uh, they seem to come from later because one of the characters I saw in them is a later character, mm-hmm. but they're buy more employee training videos, which is pretty fun. Okay. Um, there's Morgan's vlog, which are these two minute videos of Chuck and Morgan interacting and playing games together, mm-hmm. which are from 2008. So they might've been available concurrently with this. Okay. Um, there is a meet the nerd herders video where Anna, Jeff, Lester, etc. review products that are available in the Buy More. So one wow. of the, in the first episode, they review the Heroes DVD, which um, Heroes is a show that also aired on NBC. Mm-hmm. So I see what they're doing there. Um, something that did not air on NBC is Avril Lavigne's third album, The Best Damn Thing, which they also review. 
What do you think about that album? Um, what is on that? Uh, that's the one with Girlfriend. I don't know anything else on it. It's the one where she's wearing pink. Uh, she has, like, blonde hair and pink makeup. Oh, I remember liking that song. I, I love that song. It's a good song. Oh, I still listen to it today. Yeah. That's not... Hey, hey, you, you. I'm oh, yeah. Girlfriend. Yeah. And then yeah, uh, there's like a rap that. version that I accidentally bought from iTunes. I meant to buy the other one, but then I got really into it once I had downloaded it. There's a version featuring Lil Mama. Mm-hmm. She goes, Lil Mama, me your girlfriend. I like it. It's, it's got a good beat. Um, and then there is something called By Hard, the Jeff and Lester story, which I'm assuming is exactly as it sounds. And I really hope that we can find some of these because I will 1,000% talk about them on a future episode. Yeah, I think we could maybe at some point do a whole episode dedicated to I think these so. guys. Perhaps. I was surprised. I wasn't sure if you were going to know about them because I thought maybe they would be on the DVD. Oh, maybe I. Um, well, because you've never opened all of them, so. I haven't opened all of them, so I'm not sure. But this <laughs> one that I have out. opened, I there's nothing like that necessarily okay. as far as I know but um yeah I found myself in a weird spot today because I find myself looking for more Jeff and Lester mm-hmm. which they become more prominent characters later on yeah. in the show they're not doing that much right no. now they're just kind of like silly but they are funny when they're on they screen are. yeah they're really good and I I find this surprising because I remember the first time that I watched Chuck I was looking for less <laughs> of Jeff and Lester by yeah. the end but or at this point, I'm like, yeah, we can crank up the Jeff and yeah. Lester a little bit. Turn up the volume just, just a tad. That's really interesting information. Yeah. I'm glad. I look, I'm so glad that there's more to the extended Chuck universe now. <laughs> Me I too. Know. we got to find that graphic gonna, novel. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. We'll dig into that. Yeah. So this next segment of the show is a segment that we call Chuck, Mary Kill, where we identify one part of this episode that we loved so much that we wanted to marry it, and we wanted to... We found the graphic novel. You found the graphic novel? Yeah, hold on, let me show you. I feel like I might have known about this beforehand. Look at this art. Are there multiple It looks like it. It might just be like a book, and then there's like one one compilation book. It's from DC, and it's about uh, Chuck Bartowski and his friends are about to take the world by storm, literally. I don't think that's the plot of Chuck. They're going to form a storm and... Who wrote it? Uh, Peter Johnson and Zev Barrow. Chuck looks very good looking in this picture. Chuck, that slob. Oh, wow, yeah, look at that. He looks like a real spy. All right, so uh, you heard it here first. Chuck, graphic novel. Or maybe you didn't. Who knows what, if you're so into Chuck that you're listening to this, uh, maybe you already know about the graphic novel, in which case, uh, great, good for you. Pat yourself on the back. Great. We'll, We'll look into the graphic novel and then we'll tell you about it if you don't know anything about it. That's fine. Um... Anyhow, I was talking about Chuck, Mary, Kill. Mary, there's one part of the show, this episode that we love so much we want to marry it, and there's one part of the show that we dislike so much that we wish to kill it from the show. We do this every week. We each have a Chuck, Mary, Kill. My Mary, obviously, would be Sarah, but we can't marry Sarah, and that would be boring if I said it every time, so I'm not going to say it every time, but like we all know that if I had to marry one person in the show, it might be Sarah. This is really interesting audio content, because we can definitely hear every word you're saying. <laughs> so who would you marry? For this episode, I I kind of have two because I picked okay. one and then I found another one that I liked. Okay. So if you'll permit me, I if, will. If this some states this is legal, yeah, um, I will marry two things in okay. this episode. Okay, I will accept um, that. The first one that I thought was kind of weak but I enjoyed was a small detail that was in when we're in Chuck's bedroom and he's getting called by Morgan in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. on Chuck's nightstand, he had a copy of Nintendo Power Magazine. Oh. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And a really nice detail on the prop departments. He was reading a computer magazine in the last episode. Mm-hmm. It was like PC Today or something like that. So, so yeah, Chuck yeah. would have a Nintendo yeah, Power he's, Magazine. Yeah, he's very informed. I'm proud of him. Yeah, so that was a little detail that I noticed in life because mm-hmm. I was like, I recognize that magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one that I think it's a better idea is that I think I really appreciate the use of close-up shots, mm-hmm. particularly in this episode. I think it's true for other episodes too. Um, but they use really good close-up shots mm-hmm. and I think that uh, emphasizes how good and subtle the acting is Yeah. because there are a lot of, especially in the emotional scenes when they're having heart-to-heart so they're talking, this, they're really close up on their faces and they are still acting really yeah. well. And it's not broad, but it's very subtle and it's yeah. very emotional. I was specifically taken with Yvonne's performance. <laughs> of course. This week. Not just because 
I'm in love with her, but because <laughs> I think she's a really good actress. Yeah, she is really good. She has a really good range because yeah. she has to just as her character has to cycle through different personalities yeah. or you know yeah she also has to do that as yeah. the actress i think she's really good at it like when she switched into the valley girl thing automatically mm-hmm. and when she's breaking down her default sarah yeah personality and trying to be authentic to chuck that was really good and i thought that was magnified literally and favorably by the close-ups yeah i agree um i think that uh, I also am not able to marry Sarah, but I would marry her hotel room because it is Ooh. beautiful. It's, it's a nice room. It's really good. It has like green kind of like wallpaper um, and like there's like the floor de lis around and like white lattice work kind of stuff going on. She has like a big beautiful bed. It's really nice. She has a big green armchair. Yeah. And if I could uh, take all of her clothes also, mm-hmm. like if they were in the closet, they came with it. That would be great. Has, yeah, it has a sweet. big window. Ninjas can come in through it. Her bathroom is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would love it. So that's what I would marry. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Cool. So then a part of the show, an episode that I was not taken with, and I regret to inform you. Oh, no. This is, this is a small detail, too. Okay. It doesn't I, Um, In the scene when they're breaking in and stealing the diamond, mm-hmm. and then the, the conflict happens, and they're trying to escape, they're knocking things off of pedestals, and there's a lot of ceramic busts of just, like, guys yeah, just I like guess Roman, Greek around stuff. Yeah. yeah um and Chuck knocks some of them off probably Karina does as well um and at one point as they're escaping they step over a bust on the ground that is completely intact well, which very not would have happened they're very strong I don't think so other than that they're all missing noses they're strong I was just thinking that if it fell off the pedestal and someone pushed it I'm assuming that it would have shattered but I saw that I'm like you're stepping over a fully intact bust on the ground that's clearly not a real bust. <laughs> I've been taken out of this illusion. Wow. I have stopped suspending my disbelief for this brief second. Yes, yes, that's And then I, I captured it again immediately, but that I'm was, glad. you know. Yeah. Good job with the Nintendo Power magazine. Bad job with the fake busts. Bad job with the fake busts. Um, I would kill them. I know that it's the title of the episode, but I would kill them calling Payman Senor Wookiee. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's just a hairy man. People don't need to be shamed for that. And also, that's Principal Figgins from Glee. So show him the proper amount of respect. Oh. Yeah, and they don't use it. I'm surprised that they call this episode Chuck versus the Wookiee because yeah. they don't I think it could have been Chuck the versus Wookie the Diamond. Like, yeah, Chuck versus the Diamond would have made more sense. Yeah, or even, like, I don't know what they want to say about Karina, but, like, Chuck versus, like, he's dealing with that. Yeah. So, I don't know. But yeah, the Wookiee Wookie is kind Wookie of misleading. Is a little, yeah. Especially because... They just mention it in passing where yeah. they, Chuck's like, oh, look at Senior Wookiee. It's yeah. like a throwaway joke. Yeah. But, so. yeah, that's a good one. I support that. Thanks. Thanks for supporting me. Cool. Um, next part is the reason that we're all here. I'm doing another one of those big hand gestures again. Yep. This is Does It Hold Up? Where we determine, does the series Chuck, based on this episode, hold up ten years later mm-hmm. in our minds? And what do you think? I think that it does hold up. I enjoyed this episode a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I wasn't as fully engaged as I was last week, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I still really liked it. I think the acting was good. There's some really good jokes in it that I liked. Action, as always, was good. Um, left me wanting more. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it myself. Yeah, I think this was one of those episodes um, where the larger plot issues don't necessarily come up again but the emotional through lines um, Mm -hmm. and character development were really important so i did enjoy that um i thought some of the characters were behaving uh childishly but i guess that's kind of realistic to how they would act Mm -hmm. um i agree with you that i wasn't it didn't seem as perfect and as as engaging as the third episode but i think that's natural in a tv series and Mm -hmm. i think i would definitely continue especially like how it's ending uh with Sarah and Chuck, and with uh, Chuck getting more responsibility in the spy world, I think I would definitely continue to see what happens next. Absolutely. So, that's great. Um, if you guys are watching along and have thoughts of your own, you can tweet at us at GoChuckPodcast, or send us an email at GoChuckYourselfPodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are. Yep. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of love to give. So yeah. much love. 
We'll send you a picture of Coco. Oh, God. Send you many pictures of Coco. Special shout out to Coco. Special shout out to Coco. Thanks we for love you. Uh, Thank being you here. Support. Oh, God. So Always scary. Always with us. So scary. <laughs> I guess now that we've done this bit, I could throw it away. Or maybe I'll hold on to it. Can hold on to it. I'll hide it somewhere so maybe Catherine will find it and yeah. be scared. She, that's did, what she, she did, did that to you. Yeah. yeah. She told me she did that. Yeah. 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 Very good. Scary little monkey baby. Scary monkey. I like its pose in the picture where it's like got its, its little hand under its chin. It looks like it's deep in thought. And you know why you could pose that? That way, Aaron, <laughs> is actually um, because of the, uh, featuring real touch, metal skin, the feel the most lifelike, hand applied hair, graphic realism. Uh, oh, she's, uh, it's because of her weighted cloth body. Wow. That's perfect for posing and cuddling. She'll feel, <laughs> she feels real in your arms. Does she have real fur? What is she made of? I hope it's not real fur. Well, I mean, not real fur, but it looks like fur. So scary. Really scary. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be someone listening to this who's gonna be like, "Man, I can't wait for my Coco doll to arrive," and then they're gonna put on this podcast and be like, "Wow, what? can't believe these jerks are shit." Unsubscribe. All over Coco. Unsubscribe. <laughs> that's right. Remember, unsubscribe, dislike, everything you could do. All right. Well, that's been us on this Sunday edition of Go Chuck Yourself. We hope to see you next time. My name is Chris Gillespie. I'm here to tell you that food is sexy. The Mass is ended. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Anything is possible. She's Erin Arata. Oh, yeah, that's me. Anyhow, have a good one. Enjoy your weekend. God bless. May Chuck be with you. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to freemusicarchive.org and the artist Hadokawa for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. Make sure to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and tweet at us using at gochuckpodcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and write a review if that's something you need to do. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.